0: Hello and welcome to another podcast from South Mims U. Today we are honoured to be talking to a visiting academic and eminent criminologist, Dr Stockard DeWitt-LeVey, originally from South Carolina, but now based at Eagle Claw Penitentiary in Pamper, Texas. She's a world authority on prisons, both public and private, and also prison reform, and has come over here to try and help us out with our own prison system, which I think we all know badly needs it. She has brought her family to live over here for a year and has come to talk to us today. Welcome, Doctor LeVay.
1: Please call me Stockyard.
0: Thank you. Tell me Stockyard.
1: No, it's Stockyard, not Stockard.
0: Well, forgive me, is there a reason?
1: Yes. I was born in a stockyard. My mother was caught in one of those mass shootings, you know the sort of thing.
0: Sadly, yes.
1: The hail bullets brought on her labour. The stockyard was the nearest safe spot out of the perpetrator's line of fire, so she gave birth to me there.
0: Wow, uh, was it a famous shooting?
1: No, it was unusual though, in that it was not in a church or a school, but it, but it did not make the headlines. Where was it? A library. Do you know, I think drive-in movies are much to blame for mass shootings and fast food joints. It's a private theory.
0: Well, how come? Because the movies are violent?
1: No, people order huge quantities of burgers, fries, milkshakes, and ice cream, which give them a sugar rush. And that has been proved to bring on a desire for mayhem. You know, the way little kids get high on sugar drinks and go crazy in class?
0: Well, kids don't go around killing people. Well,
1: they don't have guns. Yet.
0: I thought drink was often involved.
1: Drink is full of sugar. aren't we getting a bit off subject here?
0: Sorry, yes. So... Do you think being born at a crime scene encouraged your interest in criminology?
1: No. I can't remember anything about it. I originally wanted to go into retail. I love malls. Either footwear or butchery were my preferred areas, with an emphasis on window dressing. But I was a smart cookie and they sent me to Harvard. I studied criminology to doctorate level, and I was particularly interested in your UK prison reform history, studying John Howard, Sir George Onesiphorus, Paul, and Elizabeth Fry.
0: I thought Mr. Paul's name was Onesiphorus.
1: No, it's pronounced Onesiphorus.
0: Are you sure? Come to think of it, I've only ever seen it written down.
1: Definitely Onesiphorus. I almost called my boy after it but I changed
0: my mind. I'm not surprised. What did you go for in the end?
1: Beauregard DeWitt, after his uncle.
0: Of course, and now here you are, an expert in criminology specialising in prison reform. And our jails are in a terrible state, so they sent for you to give us the benefit of your transatlantic experience. They
1: did. Your jails are in a terrible state.
0: Tell us what you found.
1: The biggest issue for me is that most prisoners are locked up. Banged up, I think they call it, for 23 hours a day? That is inhumane. You cannot treat animals that way.
0: It's supposed to be a punishment.
1: True, but just sitting around watching TV is very bad for your health. And your mental health as well. In the States, we got around that by giving them exercise. Breaking rocks, for example. But that ended in the 60s.
0: Well, I don't think you could get away with that here.
1: Actually, we're lobbying to get it reintroduced in the States. At Eagle Claw, we have evidence that breaking rocks actually does the prisoners good. It gives them exercise and is less soul-destroying than sitting in a cell all day. You get sunshine, fresh air, and exercise.
0: The way you put it is very convincing, but it is very tough, isn't it?
1: But no exercise at all is just as bad, if not worse. So I originally suggested issuing them with a kind of personal gym called a bull worker.
0: Bullworker. I remember them. They were advertised in the back of um, uh, magazines, I think.
1: Although we gave them to low-category prisoners, they were too easy to weaponize.
0: To weaponize a bullworker?
1: Apparently, you can turn them into some kind of catapult. So I then suggested putting rowing machines in the individual cells, for them to exercise on a manufacturer eager to invest.
0: And did that work?
1: To a certain extent. We could only give them to well-behaved prisoners because even then the more excitable ones turned the machines into weapons as well. Although they were bolted onto the floor.
0: And boggles, they seem to be able to weaponize anything.
1: I'm sure it's down to sugar again. It's a major concern. Then there was also the other drink problem.
0: Drink problem? Go on.
1: The metal frames of the rowing machines were hollow, and they were used to store illicit homemade gin. Or was it vodka? I don't know the difference. I come from a dry county in the States.
0: Really? What did you do?
1: I drank Coke.
0: No, 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 forgive me. I mean, about the rowing machine.
1: It seems to be a more sensible idea to put the machines outside so that the prisoners could exercise on them under supervision.
0: You seem to be very keen on rowing machines.
1: We had an excellent deal. And they've been proved to be the most space-efficient way to exercise the entire body. Their footprint is quite small. Those and basketball. The baskets have a small footprint. But basketball is impractical in a small cell.
0: So did that work, putting the machines outdoors?
1: Yeah, it did. Though it took a lot of organising. And the financial side could have been better. But the prisoner's mental health was improving by leaps and bounds.
0: How could you tell?
1: Oh, I can spot good mental health almost straight away. It's instinctive now.
0: Really? Hmm. How's mine?
1: That's for another day. I can spot improving mental health too. Coincidentally, I have strong links to the farmed salmon industry, and I've done a bunch of studies of the physiological effect of compressed confinement.
0: You have close links to the farmed salmon industry. Tell me, is it true that mould grows on farmed salmon?
1: Absolutely. We take advantage of that by growing small mushrooms on the salmon. So we get two crops for the price of one. Button mushrooms. Tiny.
0: That's a digression. Sorry, just wanted to know. Please continue. And then
1: I had a brainwave.
0: Go on.
1: I was sitting in my office one day and I could just see your River Thames in the corner of my window and I was looking at some of my old notes from the States and I thought, this is crazy. I have the prisoners using expensive rowing machines but all we need to do is put them in a real boat on the river. So much cheaper.
0: You wouldn't have to nail them down.
1: Exactly. But we don't use nails. We use bolts,
0: which are more expensive.
1: Yes. So we simply had the prisoners row boats up and down a cordoned-off stretch of the river. We only needed a couple of guards at each end, and they could see if any of the prisoners tried to escape.
0: Well, there must have been a temptation.
1: Not really. We only allowed the less dangerous ones out on the boats, and if they had tried to escape they would have just gotten wet and cold.
0: You didn't just do this in the summer then?
1: No, oh no. A disciplined regime is critical for prisoner health and
0: reformation.
1: Reformation is a big part of all of this. The river breezes put them in a repentant mood, especially in winter.
0: So you think this method should be rolled out to all prisons here?
1: Certainly those near rivers, yes. Perhaps we could use a similar system with skis in a prison near mountains.
0: Well, we don't have mountains here.
1: Really? What are the Chilterns? Is it Chilterns?
0: They're hills. Uh, Have you seen a mountain since you got here?
1: Come to think of it, no.
0: If all this works, maybe we could relocate all the prisons to floodplains.
1: Possibly, but I haven't finished yet. Sorry, go on. The biggest problem was expense. Although the prisoners physical and mental health was improving by leaps and bounds, the whole thing was deemed too expensive by the government. Despite outside investment, let alone self-funding, it was in danger of being wound up. We had to find some way of getting more financial input.
0: Well, what did you do?
1: I was playing with my kids' ducks in the bath and I had another brainwave.
0: Intriguing, was there a connection there like uh, Socrates?
1: I think you're thinking of Archimedes. I thought, here we had a boat, Being rowed along the river, we could put something in the boat and move it from place A to place B.
0: You would be a kind of cargo boat?
1: Exactly that. We would be paid to carry stuff along the river.
0: Well, what about passengers?
1: That did cross my mind at that point, but I thought it might be a bit much for the average Joe to take on
0: board at that point. And did the cargo idea work?
1: It did. We used mostly government stuff. Same idea as the old system of sewing mailbags, but this time transporting all sorts of things. Mostly vehicle parts, actually.
0: So the prisoners' mental and physical health improved and the government got cheap transport.
1: Brilliant! That was just the start of it. The boats were quite small, so that limited what we could move. Also, if something was too heavy, the boat would sink. On one occasion, we were transporting some old phone boxes to the Adventure Park upriver, and the boat sank. Those phone boxes weigh a ton. You wouldn't think it, would you? We almost lost the Truscott twins then. They're forgers from Camberwell, South London.
0: So what happened next?
1: Like in the film, we got a bigger boat! But then we had another problem.
0: It's not been easy, has it?
1: I thrive on problem solving. I smile at adversity
0: what was the problem
1: mooring space a bigger boat would need a longer stretch of bank but then i thought instead of going along go
0: up like a skyscraper
1: almost instead of a longer boat let's have a deeper boat so we got one and we doubled up the oarsmen. so you would have one row of oars and then another row on top of them
0: like a double decker bus
1: Exactly. I love your buses. So we tried that, and the next time we carried some foam booths,
0: it didn't sink.
1: Well, actually, it did sink, but more slowly. The calculations were done by a prisoner, a white-collar engineering fraudster who was in for tax evasion from Harrogate, Yorkshire. We thought we could save some money by using him instead of a nautical engineer. Anyway, it turns out he was not an engineer. He was a sous-chef impersonating an engineer. Computer error.
0: Happens all the time. So it sank again? Lose anyone?
1: No, I must emphasize that there has not been any casualties, as such, in connection with this project. It has all been devoted to the prisoners' welfare. We almost lost a GBH from Stevenage, Hertfordshire, and two counterfeiters from Tring. But I must stress, almost. And it was their own fault. They panicked and left their positions. If they had stayed in position, they would have been fine.
0: None of this got into the press, did it?
1: Very little of what goes on in the prison service gets into the press. It's not encouraged. Like you said, the system is a mess. Society looks the other way.
0: So your boat sank. So back to square one.
1: Not a bit of it. We got a proper engineer in and simply added another set of oars.
0: Another set like a triple-decker.
1: Yes! And this time it worked fine. And just to make sure that if it did sink, all the prisoners are tagged in position so that they'll all be safe. A bit like a seatbelt.
0: I see. And can they undo these seat belts?
1: Not exactly. They have a dual purpose. Not only health and safety, but also security. They would obviously find it harder to escape if they were tagged in position. Chained? No, no. Tagged. What with? Tags.
0: Like chains?
1: No, no. Chains are metal. These are plastics tags.
0: Okay, isn't that a bit dangerous? I mean, you said security. They might escape.
1: No, no, they don't want to escape. They prefer this to being banged up all day. They know it's for their benefit, for their health. Anyway, it's a special kind of plastic we developed in the States. It's actually stronger than steel, and it can't be blown apart like they do in films.
0: Do they have life jackets?
1: There really is no need. We have to have them sitting next to each other, and if they wore life jackets, they would get in the way. So long as they stay in position, they'll be fine.
0: So it all seems to be working. Any other developments?
1: This is all cutting edge, you know. Nobody else is doing it. We have no one to go to for advice. We are it. For a start, it was quite difficult to get them to row together. The oars often got tangled up, especially with three rows of them, and with all that rower power, the boat got to move quite fast. It all had to be coordinated in a very effective way. So what did you do? We tried giving the prisoners earphones with stroke tracks in them, but it didn't really work. Then I got to talking to Mr Lightning D.
0: Who is Mr Lightning D?
1: He is a drill artist who lives down the road from me. His kids go to the same crash as mine. He said, why not get A drummer?
0: A drummer? I don't get it.
1: If we got a drummer with one of those timpani things and put it on the main deck, Mr Lightning D would get me a drummer from one of his crew and they could keep time, nice and loud. You know, bang, they pull on the oars, all together, pause, then bang, do it again, all together. See?
0: I see. A brilliant solution. Thank you. So did it work?
1: It so did.
0: Well, what about security? I mean, I know the prisoners are tagged, but supposing there is some kind of rebellion?
1: Oh, there won't be. They know it's all for their own good. But if that were to happen, the ships would obviously have guards and they would be equipped with cattle prods and tasers as a very last resort. It would be foolproof.
0: Well, that's um, reassuring.
1: But, you know, with the drum, I was thinking, why not involve the arts a bit more? I mean, we have a drill artist, or was Mr. Lightning Deer grime artist? I forget. I thought, if we involve the visual arts, it might be nice. And let's face it, I might qualify for a grant. Would you? I don't know. These art council forms are very complicated. I'm filling in one at the moment. But the idea is to get a wood carver to do a figurehead for the front.
0: The prow.
1: The prow, yes. So, Tuppence Hinch Yardley is doing one for us, whether or not we get a grant.
0: Who is Tuppence Hinch Yardley?
1: Uh, she almost won the Turner Prize four years ago. Says wood is her birthright. Her son, Bach, is also in the crash. She's going to base a design on something from ancient Greece or Rome.
0: Mmm, tasteful.
1: I think the way forward is to have a fleet of these boats plying up and down the Thames. Oh, and I've left out a very important point.
0: What is that?
1: These boats are so environmentally friendly. No engines, no fuel, just oarsmen. I think we'll be able to carry passengers. Once people realise how green the whole idea is, would you like to see a picture of one of those boats that Tuppence did? It has a prototype figurehead on it. It looks amazing. And it has five banks of oars. I think this will be incredible. I've already sent a proposal to some Harvard friends in Wall Street. And let's just say the idea has not fallen on stony ground. Tourists will love them. They will be the next big London attraction. And after the investors have taken their cut, there'll be plenty left over for prison service. Probably. It needs to be carefully costed. So you want to see?
0: Yes, please. Let's see. Oh, good heavens! It looks just like a quinquereme. A what? Ancient Roman Greek ship, a galley. They were powered by slaves, galley slaves.
1: Instead of prisoners? Cool. Still, I really think this is the way forward, don't you? Can you imagine a few... what was it? Quinqueremes? stuffed with tourists going up and down the Thames? Listen, it's within our grasp.
0: Uh, Yeah, yes, yes, goodness, it could well be. And there we must leave it. Uh, We can look forward to the sight of stately Quinqueremes on the Thames with five banks of oars dipping into the water before much longer. Dr LeVay, this has been fascinating. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye music